Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations on the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Welcome into Sports Tonight. It's September 27th. We're rolling into October and uh, week five, the college uh, football season. I'm joined by BSL college football analyst Mike Lowe. Mike, how are you doing? Uh, pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's been quite a day out here in Oregon, uh, you know, with the big Damian Lillard news, but uh, still staying on top of things in college football. So uh, I'm ready to go when you are, Chris. Yeah, I was uh, wondering uh, what was going to happen with uh, game, uh, game time. That was uh, interesting, but not as interesting yeah. as college football, so we'll jump yeah, to that. Bit so. of a surprise. I think people are surprised out here, but uh, all in all, I think kind of since we knew it was coming, happy to have it behind us and ready to move on with life. I came away from uh, last Saturday impressed with uh, Florida State finding a way to win when uh, – Everything wasn't clicking for them at Clemson. Uh, I'm not alone with liking a lot of the pieces on the Seminoles roster. Three ranked teams left on the schedule for Florida State. What's your biggest question for the Seminoles? Well, I I agree with everything that you say there, you know, about, uh, you know, it's good that they found a way to win, um, you know, when they didn't necessarily have their A game. And I kind of look at it as a at a different perspective, though, because this is the second straight week they clearly did not have their A game, and um, you know, uh, Clemson played well. Clemson's obviously a talented team, uh, but when you pair this up with uh, the showing they had at Boston College, who is not a good team, uh, the week prior to that, kind of leaves me scratching my head a little bit um, and wondering, you know despite all the talent on that roster, is there maybe some issues there with the execution? Um, even when we go back and look at the LSU game, you know, they played outstanding for 30 minutes. The, uh, the first 30 minutes of that game were kind of meh, you know, it was, they hung in there with them and that was about it. They were losing at halftime. So, uh, you know, I, I'm just, uh, you know, I know teams tend to kind of, you know, hit a bit of a lull at certain points in the season, even the best ones. And so I think, uh, you know, they got some things that they need to work out on the execution side of it, um, you know, and that goes for, you know, everybody, coaches, players, and all that. Um, you know, I, I still think in terms of uh, talent, they are a playoff contender. And so just a question of whether they can put it all together. Um, you know, just looking at their schedule, you mentioned three ranked teams. Uh, the good news for them is two of those, Duke and Miami, they get it home and then they finish the season at Florida. Um, I'm not sold on how great Florida is just yet. I think, uh, you know, even though I picked them in that big win over Tennessee, I don't necessarily think, um, you know, that they're, they're a team that's going to challenge the likes of Florida State. But, you know, it's in their place, so crazy things happen in the swamp. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I just think uh, they got some things they need to work on. Uh, they got Virginia Tech coming up this Saturday. That's almost as good as a scrimmage. So, uh, you know, maybe that'll be their chance to kind of get things right. That's, uh, that's kind of where I, I see it with them. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll just see how it plays out. My, 
um, when folks take a look at my article uh, this week, they'll kind of see uh, some of my concerns reflected in the rankings that I did. I went into week week four thinking uh, Oregon maybe was a step behind USC, Washington, and Utah in the Pac-12, and came out thinking maybe not. Uh, where are you currently with Oregon? Yeah, uh, I got to go ahead and move them into that upper echelon. Um, you know, we talked about this here, and you know, my question with them was always their defense, and um, you know, they definitely uh, showed me something on Saturday because. Uh, you know, while the offensive line wasn't so great uh, with Colorado, and we kind of knew that they had some issues, um, the Buffaloes had done a pretty good job of masking that, uh, you know, through, you know, some good good coaching and uh, just being able to take advantage of their skill position talent. Um, Shadur Sanders do a, doing a great job of, uh, you know, getting the ball out quickly. Um he wasn't able to do that Saturday. He got sacked seven times by Oregon. Uh, they just owned the line of scrimmage uh, on both sides of the ball, but uh, particularly their defensive line got after Sanders really good. And, um, you know, they just – they held him to nothing, really. They had uh, – you know, I think they had more uh, – penalties in the first half than they than they did first downs um you know it was it was ugly and so yeah i i move oregon up i still want to see them prove themselves defensively against uh you know the likes of usc and washington um you know because we know you know they're certainly better on offense than colorado is so uh i'm I'm, for now, I'm, I'm moving them into that upper echelon of Pac-12 teams. But I just wanted to, you know, bring up they have a real meat grinder of a schedule left. Uh, they get Stanford this weekend, so that should be, you know, an extremely winnable game. They get a bye week. Coming off the bye week, listen to this one, Chris. At Washington, Washington State at home, and at Utah in uh, three consecutive weeks. And then uh, two of their three final games of the season are against USC and Oregon State, both at home. Um, so, you know. Sounds like at least two losses maybe in, in that mix. And uh, if they get through of one, that, that's uh, that's quite a showing. Uh, two. Yeah. I mean, of, of their seven, of their final seven games of the season, five of them are coming against currently ranked teams. Um and, you know, these are teams, again, uh, you know, Washington, USC, you know, Washington State, even, um, they're going to challenge you. You know, they they have great offenses, and they are definitely going to challenge that Oregon defense. So we're going to find out, you know, pretty soon here whether or not what they showed uh, against Colorado Saturday is for real. Utah, you know, of course, they – you know, they're a little bit different style. They just like to beat you up at the line of scrimmage. But either way, uh, you know, if uh, if Oregon doesn't have it up front, uh, that's going to be a struggle. It's in Utah. And, you know, you know how tough a place to play that is, just as UCLA. Ohio State got the uh, road W at Notre Dame. Uh, what stood out for you? About the Buckeyes versus the Irish. Well, I think it was, uh, you know, if I'm a Buckeyes fan, which I'm clearly not, but if I was, um, you know, I'm, I'm coming away from that feeling mostly pretty good. Um, 
you know, Kyle McCord uh, didn't have great numbers, but, you know, I, I think everybody kind of expected, uh, you know, we got the game we expected. That was going to be a slugfest type of game. Um, you know, the defenses were probably going to have a lot to say about uh, who won that one. And that's what ended up happening. McCord's numbers weren't great. I think he had something like uh, maybe about 56 percent you know, of his passes completed, only about six and a half yards per completion, no touchdowns. The thing that, uh, you know, I take away if I'm a Buckeye fan that I really liked was, you know, at the end of that game, he got the ball. They were down 14 to 10 uh, with a minute 26 left. And so they had to have a touchdown there. And he took them 65 yards and on what we thought was the final play of the game, got the touchdown, ran it against only 10 men for Notre Dame. Uh, that's a whole other issue. They got Notre Dame's got some things they got to work out there. But, um, you know, I'm feeling pretty good if I'm a Buckeyes fan. And particularly, you know, the big uh, question mark with them coming into the season is their defense, along with McCord, but their defense too. And, uh, you know, we know what Sam Hartman can do, uh, both at Wake Forest and what he's done so far this year at Notre Dame. They held him to 175 yards and only 14 points. Um, so, you know, kudos to the Buckeyes defense. They got it done Saturday. So, you know, I, I think I feel pretty good, you know, despite what Lou Holtz had to say about them, uh, you know, how they might be able to match up with Michigan when the time comes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lou Holtz there. Uh, you know, why anybody still listens to him, I don't know, but apparently Ryan Day listens to him. Yeah, a blabbering old man, and you're looking for bolting uh, board material, but the idea that uh, Ohio State doesn't show up in big games and someone from Notre Dame saying that is uh, <laughs> a little bit laughable, yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting. Uh, so. You know, we're heading into October here. What is the current playoff prediction for you, Mike? Well, I got to stick with Georgia because, uh, for one, I I don't think – I don't see anybody in the SEC challenging them, and I don't see any way an SEC champion does, doesn't get in the playoff. Um, so let's go ahead and, uh, you know, you, I'd even put Georgia maybe as the number one seed because I think they have the clearest path. Well, just, just sticking with Georgia for a second. So for Georgia not to make the playoff, the only scenario I can come up with right now, and obviously we have to see the, all the other conferences, they have to lose a game in the regular season. Right, and then, and then to, lose the SEC championship. And then lose the SEC championship to probably a – a team that you're not quite looking at that, uh, you know. Well, I think that, I think no matter who it is, you know, even yeah. if it's Alabama or LSU, if they're a two-loss team and they don't have the SEC championship to hang their hat on, they're not getting in. Uh, yeah, I just but, don't, I don't yeah. see how that happens. Um, I mean, they're they're not the dominant team that they've looked like over the previous two seasons, um, but the SEC is. Uh, I don't want to say they're not as deep, but they're not as strong at the top as they've looked uh, over recent years. Uh, you know, I, I just don't really see uh, who can rise up and, and legitimately challenge them, uh, both in the regular season, you know, and again, you know, if they get to the SEC championship unbeaten, then they're as good as in, um, you know, yeah. even if somebody like Alabama or LSU knocks them off. 
Um, absolutely believe that if they're on the feed of getting to the sec championship yeah, just go ahead and you know give them a spot at that right. point all that matters is where they're seated so um, then in the regular season and i, I don't have georgia schedule in front of me figure obviously they still have tennessee they got, and they florida. got florida tennessee uh you know florida's always a neutral site tennessee they do have to go to knoxville this year um you know, we'll see about the Vols if they can kind of pick themselves up off the mat after that Florida loss. Um, I don't have a date on that, but I know it's in – I'm pretty sure it's in November, but it's in Knoxville. So, um, that I mean, you know, that won't be easy. They got um, – They do have Mississippi. Mississippi. They got Auburn this weekend. Yeah. I don't think they're going to have a problem with Auburn. And so, yeah, I, I, I mean, the path is – pretty wide for them to uh, get into the playoff. Um, so as, as far as the identity of our other three teams, uh, I'm, I'm liking Texas uh, more and more. Um, I'm starting to, you know, become a uh, sold on Texas. And uh, after that, we know somebody from the big 10 is going to get in, whether it's Ohio state, Michigan, or Penn state. Um, right now I'm sticking with Michigan. Um, they do get Ohio State at home, but on November 11th, they have to go to Penn State, and uh, that's going to be an interesting game. And, of course, Penn State themselves, they have to go to Ohio State. Uh, I think that one is on October 14th. Um, I think we were I'm looking, uh, thinking of this off the top of my head, but I think that one is uh, two weeks from this Saturday, Penn State goes to Ohio State. So it'll be kind of an interesting scenario, you know, if the three of them kind of – uh, you know, maybe beat up on each other and each of them finish with one loss. And, uh, you know, I haven't seen it before, but, you know, if the tiebreaker comes into effect to determine who won the East, um, that could get kind of interesting. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you know how that works? But, no, I don't know the tiebreaker off him. But to my, where I was going with that is a one loss Big Ten East team. That beats the Big West champion, whoever that be. Uh, Iowa, I think they're, yeah. Iowa, they're Wisconsin. as good as in. They're in, but a one-loss Big East, uh, uh, Big Ten team from the East that loses uh, the Big Ten championship is out. Uh, yeah, I would uh, agree with that too. Yeah, I mean, we saw that happen. I think it was a. Uh... When did we naturally? I don't think we've ever seen that happen. The East team always wins, so scratch that. I, I was thinking yeah. of that one year where Penn State actually um, they they won the Big Ten championship, but they had two regular season losses. One of them came out of conference, and so they didn't make the playoff. But so I got a little confused there. Uh, I don't know the uh, the tiebreaker. I would imagine if if it was one loss, it would be. Uh, their ranking in the uh, CFP poll would be the uh, the the tiebreaker there, I, I believe. Uh, Maybe it could be. Uh, I don't. I don't uh, well, uh, well, actually, I'm gonna have to look that up. I'm gonna have to do yeah. some research, and we'll uh, maybe we'll make that a topic for next week. I mean, I'm saying for CFP, but that's probably not accurate. It, to get to the Big Ten title game and, and be the determining winner of the division, it's probably maybe points scored versus the rest of the division. But uh, uh, eh, we'll look it up and we'll have a definitive answer next week. You know, obviously Ohio State, they have a bye this week. They're going to have Maryland uh, 
uh, next week. Um, you know, uh, obviously you got the three powers there at the top. Yeah, I think whichever one of them kind of emerges as the team that gets to beat up on the West champion and win the Big Ten, I think they're getting in. And then uh, as for number four, number four, um, I, you know, I, I just think the path is a lot easier for Florida State uh, from here on out than anybody in the Pac-12, um, even though I think, you know, Pac-12, there are a couple of Pac-12 teams that are probably just as good as Florida State. Um, I just think it's going to be a you know kind of a, a cannibalism thing again, where they're just going to beat up on each other, and whoever comes out of that, uh, I'm just not sure if they're going to be able to get in. Um, I mean, I I, I like Washington. Um, you know, we talked about Oregon and the tough schedule they still have left. I'm not sure if they can come out of that with one loss or less and and then go on and win the Pac-12 championship. Um, you know, just looking at Washington's schedule, they get, you know, they got Arizona, but, you know, very winnable. They get Oregon at home. Uh, they do have to travel to USC. Uh, then they go, you know, Utah at home, at Oregon State, Washington State at home. That's, that's tough, even for a team that looks has looked as good as them. Um, that's just really tough. Uh, USC, you know, they, they've also got, you know, Utah still. They got to go to Oregon. They got, you know, Washington. And then, you know, they've still got Notre Dame. Um, man, I don't – I just don't know. I uh, – you know, I, I think, you know, I think a one loss Pac-12 Pac is, you know, I think, I think, it, you know, when you look at the top half to two thirds of that conference, I'd put them up against anybody in the country. And I think they're just going to devour each other once again. And they're just going to be on the outside looking in. I would think a one loss Pac-12 team can get in, but I don't know if anyone's going to have a one loss. That's uh, Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. You know, can somebody come out of there with just one loss? Um, you know, I, I, I'm sure the committee is going to give them credit for how tough the conference is, as well as, you know, un, unlike previous years, how well they played in the non-conference portion of their uh, schedule. Um, they really showed out well out of conference this year. Uh, you know, especially if USC can go in and get a win at Notre Dame, that's going to reflect very well on that. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't know, man. That it just looks tough for everybody all around in that conference. You, you know, I don't see an easy path for anybody. They need uh, Pac-12. I think they're going to need Texas to drop two games. If Texas is a you know, obviously, if Texas is undefeated, they're in. But if Texas is a one-loss team plus the Alabama road win, that's pretty strong uh, uh, resume. Texas. Yeah. Is a I mean, you know, we talk about the, you know, just one more thought on the Pac-12. You know, we've talked about how bad their timing has been. You know, they had to negotiate their TV deal before Dion came in, and you know, was a ratings blockbuster. Well, just think if uh, the twelve-team playoff was in effect this year, I could easily see them getting three teams in in a twelve-team playoff this year. Absolutely, I could see that. Yeah, happening. you have to do and, that. Uh, and you know, but with a fourteen up. playoff, <laughs> they might need some luck just to get one. I, you know, I think in your weekly articles, maybe you should have kind of a 
uh, you know, the, the, yeah. the four for this year and kind of what a shadow 12 would look like. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it'd be interesting. You're saying three from the Pac-12. I mean, I, I think, you know, I think right now it would be the three from the Big Ten East. You would have – obviously you would have Georgia. Uh, you would have Florida Texas, State, Texas. Florida State, maybe Oklahoma, Alabama, LSU, probably towards the bottom, maybe in one or two of them. And then at Pac-12, I mean, you'd be looking at the four teams that we, we, we mentioned at the, at the top yeah. right there. Notre Dame with the home loss to Ohio State would be – well, current on the outside, but have a chance to play their way in uh, into a twelve. Uh, yeah, I mean, and we got to keep in mind though that there would be a spot guaranteed for a G five team too. So you know, really, you're you're right. looking more like eleven. Yeah, All right. That's a great point. Uh, yeah, what we'll the look? Uh, look at that. That'll be that'll be fun. So, yeah. games of the week. Uh, I had four games to look at. Uh, Going back to that Pac-12, Utah at Oregon State. Who do you have? You know, I, I didn't, um, you know, until we uh, went over what we uh, wanted to talk about this week, I, I didn't have a chance to really look at the lines, and I was all ready to jump all over Oregon State this week. Uh, you know, being a short week, it's a Friday night game, and, uh, you know, those, those games tend to favor the home team. And I was a little surprised to see that Utah, you know, despite, uh, you know, both being higher ranked, uh, Oregon State struggling at Washington State last week and how, you know, just just how Utah plays. They're actually an underdog in this game, the Utes are. Um, Oregon State is a, a three-point favorite. And um, I, was, I was just so excited to jump all over Oregon State thinking they'd be the dog in this one. Um, you know what? I'm still going to go with the Beavers, though. I think uh, yeah, they, I'm a little concerned about DJ Oyungalale. Um, and we know we saw what uh, Utah can do in terms of getting pressure on quarterbacks. They did it to, um, excuse me, uh, Graham Mertz uh, in Florida in week one. And man, did they get after Dante Moore uh, for, with. Uh, UCLA last weekend. Um, so I think, uh, you know, it's really going to be incumbent on the Beavers offensive line to try to keep DJU uh, clean this week and, uh, you know, give them time. And, yeah, I, I, I just kind of like Oregon State in this one to bounce back after a tough loss. Defensively, uh, you know, the, the Beavers are solid there. They had a, they had a rough game against uh, – Washington State, but Washington State plays a totally different style of offense than Utah does. So I think the Beavers uh, match up well on that side of the ball. They just got to make sure they give uh, DJU some time to pass, uh, you know, and open up some holes for their running game. Their running game is great. Um, I like the Beavers, and I'm even going to pick them to cover the three in that one. I'm still a little surprised, though, because, you know, Beavers being a three-point favorite, that means Vegas thinks they would essentially be you know, it would be a pick em if they were at a neutral site. Sounds weird to me. I don't know what you think about that one, Chris. I'll take Utah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, Kansas at Texas. I'm sure you're taking uh, Texas. Uh, the Jayhawks, they uh, – uh, 
I mean, they had college game day last year, and uh, they've, they've started off uh, hot this year. Uh, obviously, Les Miles is gone, but I assume he upgraded the recruiting uh, somewhat, got a few more athletes in there. You know, I think we're going to both pick Texas here to win, obviously. But, yeah, uh, yeah. What, what you know, Lance Leopold, um, you know, it's his, it's his second season, and uh, they did get off to a fantastic start last year, and uh, then they lost, uh, you know, Jalen Daniels, quarterback, and uh, that's, you know, where it all kind of fell apart for them. Um, Daniels is back and he's been terrific again this year and he is healthy going into this game. Um, I don't see an upset in the cards here. This one's in Austin. Uh, Texas is actually a 16 and a half point favorite and I'm, I'm even taking Texas in the points. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm not seeing it here. I'm not sensing that my spiky senses are, uh, feeling the upset in this one. So, uh, go with Texas. Go to the SEC West with uh, LSU traveling to Ole Miss. This is another one where the line caught me a little bit off guard. LSU's a two and a half point favorite going on the road. You know they uh, they they seem to have a really nice bounce back. Uh, you know at Mississippi State the other week, and then uh, they struggled a lot more than I think they should have against um, Arkansas at home this past Saturday. And so I'm, uh, you know, I'm not sure what to make of them. I mean, I, I think as long as, you know, as long as they've got Jaden Daniels, a quarterback, they've got a chance in any game. He's that good. Um, their defense is worrying me a little. Um, I mean, that for all the talent they have on that side of the ball, I don't think they've uh, looked great at any point this year. Um, Ole Miss, you know, they're kind of licking their wounds. They, uh, they had a tough one at Alabama. Uh, leading at halftime and then just got absolutely clobbered in the second half of that game. Um, Alabama's defense just, they were locked in in the second half and uh, Rebels just got nothing and made Lane Kiffin look like a doofus again for, you know, trolling Nick Saban when he's, his career record against Saban is 0-5, but, you know, Lane Kiffin going to Lane Kiffin. Um, (laughs) Right. <laughs> you know he he won't stop and hey you know what I love him for it I I, I like to see a, I like to see the coaches uh, kind of do away with that buttoned up uh, you know where all we do is throw out the cliches it's like nah come on show us some personality so I'm okay with that I'm totally okay with that we had plenty of that to talk about these these past two weeks you know from from Dan Lanning to you know Jake Dicker Brian Day going after Lou Holtz. It's uh, it's getting kind of interesting here, but uh, <laughs> you know, just getting back, there's, getting there's back to lot, the game. A lot of microphones, and there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of chances to get picked up with something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, just going back to this game, man, I I don't have a great deal of confidence in either one of these teams right now, and uh, you know. LSU going on the road as a favorite just doesn't feel right to me. So I'm going to lean ever so slightly Ole Miss in this game. And then to uh, close things out, Notre Dame, uh, again, coming off the loss, home loss there to Ohio State. They travel to yep. uh, 
Duke, who has been a story so far in the ACC. Yeah. I mean, if there was ever a bigger football game than this being played at Duke, uh, I'm not sure what it is. The only one I can maybe think of was way, way, way back, you know, before your time, my time. Uh, they actually hosted the Rose Bowl one year. It was right after uh, the beginning of World War II. And I guess uh, there were some concerns, uh, you know, after Pearl Harbor was attacked. Um, you know, that maybe the West Coast of the U.S., they, they were kind of avoiding large gatherings. So the game was actually played at Duke. It was Duke and Oregon State. And I, I, I forget who won. I think it was Oregon State. But anyway, you know, that, that may have been the last big football game that was ever played on the Duke campus at, until now. Um, just a big thing. You know, college game day is going to be there. First time ever. Uh, they're going there to do at least the football game day, not the basketball game day. Um, you know, can they uh, can they live up to all the hype this game has uh, been getting? I'm not so sure. Um, yeah, I like their defense. I love I love what Mike Elko has done there, and I think um, you know he's probably going to get a lot of offers come December. Uh, you know, for other jobs, bigger jobs. Uh, be interesting to see whether or not he takes them. But, uh, you know, he he's proven quite a bit in, uh, you know, just not even a season and a half of what he's done there yet, um, especially when you consider how bad that team was when he took them over. I think they were like 111, 2 or 10, uh, something like that the year before. Had like maybe the worst defense in all of FBS. And, you know, we saw how good their defense was against Clemson. Um, so he's really turned that around in a hurry. So kudos to him. Are they ready to knock off a Notre Dame? Uh, I'm not so sure about that one. Notre Dame is actually a six-point favorite heading into this one. I'm going to split the difference on this one. I'm taking Notre Dame to win a close one. Uh, I'll take Duke to cover, though. I think Duke, Duke will cover six points. Uh the Irish to squeak out a win. Yeah, Duke had a run of success with uh, David Cutliffe, but yeah. then those last couple of years were pretty, uh, pretty rough. Um, I, yeah, I also take Notre Dame uh, there. It just yeah, I, I certainly think the Irish are going to be licking their wounds and um, you know coming off a really tough loss against Ohio State. Uh, you know, I, I, I they'll be ready to thinking. play. I think. I mean, Notre Dame is a good team. I can't wait for uh, the Ohio State game. Uh, you know, I went into the game believing Notre Dame was a good team. I thought Ohio State was going to win. I, I came away maybe thinking a little bit higher in Notre Dame than I did. Maybe have more than 10 men on the field at the end of a game. Yeah, uh, and that's not the first time that happened. That happened uh, – they almost gave up a touchdown against Tennessee State when they only had 10 men on the field. So that, that leads me to believe that maybe there's some, you know, uh, communication and coaching issues going on there that they need to get worked out. Um, I, know, I guess, I mean, you know, again, we, if we look ahead to next year – They'd be in pretty good shape to get into it being one of the top 12. But uh, 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 this year, you know, you, you have that home loss. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough for them. And, and a whole lot of upsets I mean, in front of them. Cannot, to have obviously, chance. they cannot lose again. And, and really, 
you know, even if they they go eleven and one, you know, I think they need some help um, in the form yep. of you know some other conference champions. You know, maybe you know a couple of two loss conference champions for them to sneak in. And yeah, I, I, and you know, we'll see how they do against uh, USC. Um, that one's coming up. All I think that's also two weeks from the, the Saturday. Um, you know, that's a really big one for both teams. Um, you know, Notre Dame obviously going to be fighting for their uh, playoff lives there, but uh, you know, that's a big game for USC too. Um, you know, they need to win that one because uh, if they slip up there, they got to run the table in the Pac 12. And yes, as, as I've been kind of beating that dead horse, that's going to be tough to do. Good stuff from Mike. We'll check out uh, your latest article at the site. Yep. Uh, Plan on having it up tomorrow, tomorrow yep. Thursday, September 28th. So by the time you're listening to this, you can go to the site, baltimoresportsandlife.com, check out Mike's article. Uh, enjoy the games this week. We'll be back next week to preview week six. You're just flying uh, right along. It just uh, – doesn't stop, man. And there's so much going on, man. When you know you got the got the Orioles to follow, you know the Ravens, of course, and uh, yeah, just kind of, man, just so much, uh, so much to follow. In fact, uh, actually, O's finished it off tonight, so I think uh, one more win and they clinched the American League East. Either one win for them or a Tampa Bay loss. Yep, uh, playoff baseball, October baseball, that's hard to beat, but a, any Saturday uh, is always Yeah, fun. I, I just hope they don't play on nice. Saturdays, man. That's just, man, I, I mean, I already had a tough enough time trying to watch uh, four games at once on Saturday. Uh, you know, fortunately, YouTube TV finally went with the split screen thing in time for uh, having an NFL Sunday ticket. That helped immensely, but, man, if I got to follow baseball, too, uh, I don't know. First world problems. Ooh, I know. First world problems. <laughs> I hear you, Chris. It's all good. Take care. All right.